Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, I tell you, Jennifer, she is, she is really a party pooper. This is Dirt and Sprague. Jennifer poops at parties, so she poops at parties, so so and people know this. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I, I poop at parties. I poop at parties, but people don't know because I close the door. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Where where do she go for it? Does she does she visit a water closet and make door of the open so people may see and smell things? Sound horrible. The fan. New York streets will kill us a walk. Hey, it's Donald Howard. here on Portland Force Leader 1080. The fan. Thanks for being with us on a Thursday. We've got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app. Blazers back in action tonight. A controversial decision in the Pac 12. Derek Carr officially moving on from Vegas. Sent out a very heartfelt goodbye. I will remember you, vitamin C style. Uh, Oakland or Vegas? Uh, both. He said goodbye to both. I, uh, I'm actually. Really geeked and excited for tonight's Blazer game. Are you? Cavs in town? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah, a tube sound. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the Blazers when we get to it. We have okay. a lot to talk about with with Kenneth here. Well, let's bring him on. He's on the line. He's the host of You Better You Bet Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Ken Barkley Insider Calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better You Bet podcast for more Ken Barkley's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast, and you can find him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. Georgia and TCU, the worst championship game in the history of sports. Yay or nay? Mm. Uh, I will say, oh man, it's really close. If it's not, it's just, it's a little recency bias, right? Yeah. Like there were some terrible Super Bowls. I mean, like Niners Chargers in the mid nineties is like one of the worst games I've ever watched. And that was like a pro game too, which is, you know, typically the score lines are a little closer, but at least that had like the halftime show and the commercials (laughs) and like that kind of stuff. Like what, like what was the... What was the was there even a halftime show like a performance? You had David Pollock telling Nick Saban his program sucks and Georgia owns college football now. (laughs) That was its only special kind of uh, of halftime show. That was its own its own special type of entertainment. Now now Nick Saban's gonna go scorched earth next year and probably win the whole thing. Um, Yeah, I'll say I'll say it's like it's at least in the conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, But if you lay Georgia or you took Brock Bowers overs, which we were really big on on our show, then. Then maybe it maybe it wasn't that bad after all. Yeah, I, you said the Niner Charger. I'm like, yeah. Well, if you're a Niner fan, it was a great game. Like, it's all dependent <laughs> on what you do. Um, if you're Steve Young's family, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, Ken, I, I look at this weekend. I this is probably my favorite. I was against the expansion of the playoff just because it's it, it was starting to go too much, and maybe they'll go to eight at some point. But now I'm geeked for it because it's our last full weekend of football. You know what I mean? Like divisional goes and you lose a less, you lose two games. You go to the next weekend, you lose two more. It's dwindling down here. So I, I'm really excited for these matchups. Dirt asked me yesterday, can I see – he's all chalk. What can we see? Who is the Bengals of this year? 
And I kind of went on a limb a little bit here, and I said I could see the winner of Jacksonville and the Chargers beating Kansas City. I could see the winner of Tampa and Dallas beating Philadelphia. I think we have possible upsets looming. Where are you at with Wild Card Weekend and, and how you kind of view, before we get your picks on these games, just kind of the matchups we get this weekend? Well, I think that's a really good question, and I think there are I think some of what you even revealed in the answer is uh, is pretty smart, honestly, in terms of what's possible, right? Um, so I, I try to do a ton of work on, like, a, a Super Bowl profile, right? So, like, who fits all of the criteria that we've seen from past champions? Which teams tend to go furthest in the postseason? Like, what, what do they look like? What are they good at? What are they really good at? What are they maybe not so good at? And I actually think, and this is going to sound crazy, uh, but I think that the Bengals of this year was going to be Miami. And now it's not. So I think like my opinion kind of the entire time has been Miami was the team that looked the most like Cincinnati where like they have flaws, but the thing that they're the best at, which is like an explosive downfield passing game. That was the thing the Bengals were the best at also. And they were like willing to get by with like an average to slightly above average defense because they were able to generate all these explosive pass plays with Burrow and Chase and everybody else. And Miami was that, except now they're not. (laughs) So it's like a little problematic to be like, well, I thought Miami was going to be Cincinnati. You know, like, could a team still make a deep run that is not a a division champion, for example? Uh, Sure. I think Dallas would actually probably be the team that you would say could do that. Now they're playing miserably right now. Absolutely. They may not win this week, but, you know, they're a team that, like, they played Philadelphia like with Gardner Minshew. They won the game. You plug in Hurts, run the game back again. Is Dallas going to win that game some of the time? Sure. Of course they are. Uh, the one that you picked specifically is interesting. I don't think Dallas is going to look like go win the Super Bowl or something, but like, could they pull an upset? Sure. Uh, I do think Jacksonville – well, I know the Chargers can give the Chiefs a game because they always give the Chiefs a game. Mm-hmm. I think Jacksonville can give the Chiefs a game too, and I think that's pretty interesting. They've just gotten so much better, even since the last time the teams played, because the, the Jackson Chiefs played in the middle of the season. Uh, the Chiefs got up 20 to nothing and ended up winning by 10, and they just completely demolished Jacksonville's defense. Okay, well, Jacksonville's defense is much better right now than it was in that game. That was like 10 weeks ago, basically. So I do think, I think I agree with you that the Chiefs are possibly going to be upset by the winner of Chargers-Jags. I agree with that. But in terms of just like the first round and, and all chalk, I don't think there's going to be anything particularly surprising this round. Interesting. Well, I mean, on that note, Ken, you, we get these like major big spreads in, in the NFL playoffs, which isn't always the norm. And I wonder, you know, how much of that is like quarterback injury in the history of the matchups, right? Like San Francisco, Seattle is basically a double digit spread, depending on, you know, 10, nine and a half, 10 and a half, somewhere in there. And we've seen, but we've seen the game twice and the Niners dominated them twice. And the second game probably should have been a wider margin than what the final score was. And then the other one is the team you just pointed to in Miami. I mean, it's Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen. Like, no, Nobody's given Miami a chance to win that game, but the touchdown is damn near two uh, two touchdowns, or the spread is damn near two touchdowns. How do you feel about these big spreads in Wild Card Weekend? Because it did feel like last year, while you know the Bengal and and Raider game was good, there were a lot of these kind of blowouts uh, in, in Wild Card Weekend last year. And I think we're going to get that's what you're going to see, right, as we go. And I would almost compare it to okay, like everybody kind of maybe they miss the old playoff format because the games would be more competitive this round. But I feel like we're almost moving closer to like the NCAA tournament, right? Where like you got to get the blowouts out of the way before you can have like the really good games with like the good teams that mm-hmm. matter. I mean, last year, like did anybody want to watch Chiefs Steelers on Sunday night football? It was no. an unwatchable football game with a predetermined – the Steelers had a defensive touchdown to start the game and didn't cover <laughs> 
Like, think about how hard that is to do. Like, you literally got the most gift play of all time and didn't cover a monster number. It didn't happen. Um, that's how I feel about how Buffalo Miami is going to be, probably. Mm-hmm. I actually think that spread's probably going to go up once we know for sure it's Skylar Thompson. I don't think 13 is the right number with Skylar Thompson. I think 14 is the right number wow. with Skylar Thompson. I mean, that spread still has room to grow. Uh, do I think Miami can be competitive? I mean, sure, Josh Allen can throw three picks. He's done that in a bunch of games. But, like, that's what it'll take. It'll take something abnormal for Miami to cover the game. On average, I don't think they cover the game very often, but it can happen. Yeah, NFL, whatever. The Seattle game is a little interesting only because so you're absolutely right. Two meetings. Uh, well, the first one was Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G came yeah. in. They won by a million. I don't know if there's anything really going on there. But the Thursday nighter with Brock Purdy, I mean, the story of that game wasn't even that the, the, the Niners and Brock Purdy played great. Their defense just completely annihilated anything that Geno Smith wanted to do. Like, they had an answer for everything. So I w- I'll be curious how creative and how different this is going to look because that Thursday night game was an absolute disaster offensively for Seattle. This is the same offense, obviously, coming in. The thing that can help Seattle a ton in this game potentially is that there might be a driving rainstorm the entire game. It's supposed to rain a ton in the Bay Area for a couple days leading into the game, it's supposed to rain during the game, heavy. And if that happens, that brings in lots of crazy outcomes because it's not, not normal football anymore, right? Something different's happening. I remember the Niners lost the first game of the season to the Bears when yeah. nobody expected it. That was in a monsoon too. That might be what we get in this game. And if that's what we get, like, look, the Niners can still run the ball really well, whatever. It brings in volatile outcomes because now all of a sudden, well, maybe Brock Purdy's a little loose with the football. Maybe that happens. Maybe, like, the turnovers get crazy. Special teams becomes really important. I think the weather actually kind of gives Seattle a chance between the two. I mean, I know it's contest. I would bet Seattle way before I would bet Miami. Uh, how do you feel about the Chargers on the road? Jacksonville, you briefly mentioned Jacksonville playing better. The Chargers go in. I, Chargers actually go in feeling pretty good about the way they, I think, played at the end of the regular season. Oh, what, what side or total are you on with this game? This is definitely... I'm trying to figure out if this game or Dallas-Tampa is the most confusing. Probably this game, because I actually – I do kind of like Dallas in the other game. Maybe we talk about that at some point. <laughs> I think just Dallas is better, and I, I think they've always been better, and I don't think – I think they're more better than the point spread. More better. Always a good term you want to use in an interview. <laughs> uh, so Chargers-Jags, I just – I could make a really compelling case for both sides. I think for me, what it'll end up coming down to – so first of all, I disagree with the line movement in this game. I make this game a pick. Chargers are getting bet. It might actually go to three by kickoff, which is like criminal, honestly. And I would bet Jacksonville plus three as fast as I've ever done anything in my life. And uh, but so I'm not betting it yet. But three, I would bet Jags. What it kind of comes down to me is like, look, uh, Brandon Staley might be a pretty miserable head coach uh, if you try to measure it by like how they perform against their win total, so like expectations set by the market, how they perform against the spread. Chargers are a terrible team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're awful versus expectation. Like. Uh, the biggest game of Brandon Staley's coaching career so far was week 18 against the Raiders last year. And he basically peed down his leg in overtime of that game. So like, all right, now he's facing a coach who's won a Super Bowl, and he's on the road. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I think it's just that simple. Honestly, when the point spread is small, at least we're in the fourth quarter of this game and it's 20 apiece. You want Brandon Staley as your coach? You want Doug Peterson? <laughs> right. I mean, you could even argue, do you want Lawrence or you want Herbert? They're just both awesome, I think. But and to me, it's just the coaching mismatch here is astronomical, and I get points with the home team. So if I get three, that's an immediate bet. 
right now we'll call it like lean Jacksonville or something like that. Yeah, let, let's get to the other game you mentioned there, and that is Dallas. I mean, the, God, did they kill us this last weekend? Or we have big, all of us have big teaser legs and just needed a Dallas win against Washington. Didn't happen. They get smoked. Dak Prescott looks like he doesn't know how to play football anymore. I see all the arguments here, right? Well, Dallas has to. There's the bounce back factor. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be angry because of the way they played last week. And then there's the well, I mean, Dallas has been a, a hair fraudulent here late in the season, and it's Tom Brady in the playoffs as a home underdog. You you seem to like Dallas. How are you feeling about Cowboys and Bucks? I do like Dallas a little bit. I'll tell you what I even kind of like more than Dallas. I, I, this is the game I've thought about the most because I actually think, I think it's by far this is the most interesting game uh, where you could, again, make a compelling argument for both sides and the stakes of the game feel larger. Like Chargers-Jags is a confusing game. Ultimately, I think both teams will do nothing. Cowboys and Bucks, like you could make a pretty compelling case either of these teams could go to the Super Bowl. And I think you feel pretty good about it mm-hmm. um, because of all the things that they have. So the stakes feel higher for Dallas. Like, it's been awful. The pass defense is terrible. They're trying everyone at corner, and none of them are working. Dak throws a ton of picks. Like, this is all terrible, right? This is bad. They have a couple of injuries that you wouldn't want a team to have. With Tampa, I think what we're forgetting is that the first, like, 52 minutes of a Tampa game are an absolute disaster every single week. Like, they get – remember the Carolina game. Like, well, they beat Carolina. They won the division. They ran 14 nothing. Yeah. Like, they're huge in all the games that they played. Like, the, the reason we like them is because our memory is like Tom Brady in the final two minutes of the game is outstanding. But they are down in all of these games. They are the worst coach team in the playoffs by far. Their offensive coordinator is the worst in the playoffs by far, and that is reflected in everything that they do. So honestly, maybe Dallas chokes this, like maybe it happens. I really like the Cowboys in the first half of this game before Byron Leftwich lets Tom Brady do anything that wins them games. Maybe let's just have Dallas take the lead going into the locker room, which has happened in so many Tampa games so far this year. They got off to a terrible start. Brady has to bail them out. Maybe this game plays out the same way. Is is that your favorite pick of the of the of the weekend? Is it your favorite game of the weekend? Is Dallas Tampa? I do under three. I do like Dallas uh, yeah. a good amount. I I also <laughs> I still like Buffalo. Oh, I, I love I Buffalo. Can't, I can't. Like it's it's because as a better, what I'm trying to think about is what is the number right now, and what is going to be the number when the game starts. And you can see Cincinnati is always already flying because I think people think it's going to be Anthony Brown again, which is fine. And I actually think that number is like okay, even if it's Anthony Brown. If this is Skylar Thompson in this game, I can't even defend 13. Like I don't even no. think that's the right number. It's 34, 13 in the game. The right number. Yeah. Right. It was seven and a half with Tua, and now Tyreek Hill's banged up, Jalen Waddle's banged up, Teron mm-hmm. Armstead's banged up. Okay, like, I, and I know it's crazy, like, well, how can it be, like, 13 or 14? Like, would you bet Skylar Thompson plus 13 nope. in a road playoff game? Are you serious? In Buffalo. Like, what? I mean, why would we ever do that? I, I, Ken, I said, I said earlier, we're talking about this game, I said, uh... you're going to see a shot of the Dolphins mid-third quarter, and there's going to be five of them in those big-ass jackets on the bench looking like, hey, can we go home yet? Or... <laughs> those things are really heavy, by the way. I've heard those things weigh, like, 50 pounds each. Well, I they're... actually asked about that one time because they look, I mean, it's just, it looks ridiculous. It's like yeah. a tarp you put on your patio furniture. I I just think they're. I think they they did what they were supposed to do given their circumstance. I think making the playoffs was like, yo, we did it. All right, we can go home now. Like they're they're not. There's no. I think you got to raise that spread to twenty. I think Buffalo's going to win like thirty four to ten. I I just think they're going to destroy them. I don't. I don't see how a nine point Skylar Thompson win against the Jets translates to twenty eight degrees on the road with a gimpy Tyreek Hill. 
uh, a makeshift offensive line to a certain degree and a not very good defense. I don't see how that outcome yeah, is it's close. Tough. It's tough. I think the, the big thing is just like it's 12 and a half or 13 right now. What is it going to be Sunday at kickoff? Like yeah. as a better, I'm trying to figure out, can I get the best of the number? If Skylar Thompson starts this game, I think the closing number is like 14 or 14 and a half. I think 14 and a half is about what you see at kickoff. Yeah, yeah. So grab it now. It's good advice because eventually we're going to find out that news that he is starting. He's the host of You Better, You Bet Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Kim Barkley. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. And you can give him a follow on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. We always love it. Enjoy Super, uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. And uh, we'll catch up again next Thursday. Thanks, Kim. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. There you go. Kim Barkley. If you better, you bet. Yeah, that line right now is at 13. I'm just breaking the line on the Bills. I'm saying right now, they're going to destroy the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, the, the, the confidence in Dallas, too. Like, I, I'm probably going to end up betting Dallas. I just, that's, really? Yeah, it just makes me so uncomfortable. See, if, if he would have, when he got into Dallas and he was talking about it, he's right. DVOA favors Dallas here. Everything about the offense for the Bucks sucks. Um, every first down play, keep track of this. Byron Leftwich will call run. First down. Run. It, it does down. not run. matter. He will call run every time on first down. But For my two yards. But my counter is uh Thomas Brady. Yeah, if it's a ten point game in the fourth quarter, like I and he's going two minute drill and hurry up and Dallas and Dak Prescott's the quarterback on the other side. Like that's a tough part of He's about never it. lost to Dallas, and I'll tell in you right career, now, yeah. he's he's been a Patriot and a buck. Tom Brady operates on all kinds of chips on the shoulder. The easy one for him here is childhood fandom of being a Niner and the pride of never losing to the Cowboys. Yep, and he's a home underdog in the playoffs. Can't wait. Lots going on this weekend. A couple other football notes to get to. One is uh, a move that was made controversially uh, in the Pac-12 to some fans. Some fans love it. We'll tell you what that is and how we feel about it. Also, one player uh, bidding farewell to his former team. What do we make of his future? And the Blazers are back in action tonight. Loaded uh, final 45 minutes of the show. We're back after this on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, we were talking about a lot of Pac-12 earlier in the show because Oregon landed a big-time uh, transfer portal kid from South Carolina, Jordan Birch. Oregon State got a starting linebacker. USC landed a defensive lineman. Yeah. Sam Heward transferred. There's been a lot going on in the Pac-12. Well, one other story that uh, kind of flew under the radar for us, we just kind of uh, forgot about it yesterday, got lost in the shuffle, wanted to make sure to get to it today. 
I, I pointed out earlier, I, I, th- I do think the a lot of teams at the top echelon of the Pac-12 are going to have great offenses, right? Like Oregon State should be better, but maybe not quite to the level of USC, Washington, and Oregon, but much improved from where they were. Washington was the number one passing offense in the country this year. Caleb Williams is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And Oregon, before Bo Nix's injury outside of the Georgia game, they were scoring 40 points on everybody. The team that ends up of these bunches that can obviously pair that great offense with the best defense will probably end up winning the conference. One of the teams that had one of the worst defenses in the entire country this year and it bit them in the Pac-12 championship game and in their bowl game was the USC Trojans. And everybody wondered, where do they go from here? Lincoln Riley has never had a very good defense. It was an issue for him at Oklahoma. He made this big swing to go get Alex Grinch when he was there. Alex Grinch follows him out to USC. Well, he came out yesterday and said, Alex, come on back. And USC fan met this with, uh, are you kidding me? We're not changing defensive coordinators. And I think other Pac-12 fans met this with, cool, fight on, baby. Bring Alex Grinch back. Lincoln Riley staying committed to his defensive coordinator after a, hor- after a horrendous first year in Los Angeles. Yeah, but keep an eye on it. It's um, USC fans surprised. I mean, if he didn't fire him right after the bowl game or a week after the bowl game, that was a pretty clear indication he was going to stay on the staff. After giving up 50 to UCLA, 40 to Arizona, 40 to Cal, I mean, you just go on and on I mean, and you on. can make, an, make a case. I wouldn't fault any Trojan fan for having the opinion of, uh, why did we not make a move here? That's disgraceful what happened in that bowl game. Yeah, it wasn't the playoff, but damn, it would have been nice to win that. Win the Cotton Bowl and say, hey, look at us. Look at our season. Not lose to Tulane. And you couldn't hold a 15-point lead with three minutes to go. I, that's that's pretty shameful. Um, I would imagine, though, that if that defense is doing what it did last year, I won't be shocked if they fire him five games into the season, six games into the season. I'd have to go look at the schedule, but I'll pull it up. if they're in a position where – you don't need to, but if they're in a position where they're giving up chunk plays, massive amounts of points and yards, yeah, I, Jonathan did this. He had to do yeah. it, and it was the smart move, and actually in season it worked. Sometimes you got to shake things up. I know you're going to get to the Blazers at some point today. You got to shake it up, man. It's stale. It's it's redundant. And at some point, if you don't, it's just the results are going to keep continuing to be what they are. If USC comes in next year and you've you've bolstered the defense a little bit with some of this incoming talent, and you're still getting, you know, 35, 40 points given up and 450, 500 yards, yeah, I, Lincoln will preserve himself more than continuing to try to preserve a partnership here. And so Lincoln might be willing in season, I would guess, to part ways with him if the defense performs that way. But I don't even know if we're going to get a clear indication early on what the defense is until maybe conference play. <laughs> yeah, they open with San Jose State at home. That is their first game in week zero. I believe it's week zero, August 26th. Yeah, that's week zero. Then they play Nevada at home. So these are two back-to-back games where you're not really sure. Very challenging start to the year. Yeah. Uh, much like when they when they hung like 80 points on Rice in the opening week and everybody thought, oh, my God, nobody's going to be able to beat USC this year. Uh, they do play Notre Dame earlier in the season, in the middle of October this year. That one's on the road in South Bend. Uh, Notre Dame got the Hartman kid to transfer from Wake Forest. They, they might be That's a better team this year. I imagine they'll be a little bit better in year two. Uh, but we don't know. Well, we should find out relatively soon what the Pac-12 schedule looks like and when those games are going to happen. They got Utah at home. They got Washington at home. They did not play Washington last year. Uh, and then they get Oregon on the road at Oregon. So those are two of your crossover games in the old school scheduling. At Oregon, again, we don't know when it is. Home against Utah, home against Washington. And then the rest of the South is the same. They also play Stanford and Cal yeah. uh, as well. So we'll find out what the schedule looks like. This just 
you know, hey, we'll see. Maybe it's a talent thing. Maybe them hitting the portal. They picked up, as I mentioned a moment ago, a, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M in the portal yesterday that was a big-time recruit just a year ago as a freshman at A&M last year. So maybe the addition and influx of talent is going to help. Felt like they got there and kind of overhauled that entire program and defense in the offseason last year, and that was a big focal point. And they were one of the worst defenses in the conference in a conference that didn't play very good defense. Like, how many good defenses do we even have in the Pac-12 this year? Utah was pretty solid as usual. Utah, Oregon State 100%, was good. Oregon State were your top two defenses, I thought, in the conference. Outside of that, did anybody play good defense? I know no, Oregon didn't. I, I know Washington know. didn't. Washington State maybe at times, but then they kind of crumbled late in the season. Yeah. Stanford and Cal, definitely not. I, I would say it was top two defenses were Utah, uh, and, Oregon Utah State. and Oregon State. So it's yeah. not like it was a conference that was known for defensive play this year, and they were near the bottom in every defensive category outside of one, and that was turnovers, and the turnovers propped them to wins, a la the game in Corvallis. Yeah, but they had the defensive player of the year in the conference. And they, they, I mean, they've got pieces. That's the thing is, it, I don't know if this is a talent thing or if it's got to be a coach thing at some point. Because yeah. he wasn't at Washington State long enough for for us to really have a proper evaluation. I remember him getting picked up. I think he went to Ohio State for like a year, and then he did the Oklahoma thing with Riley. And I remember saying, like, oh, man, I, I kind of like him. Man, since he got to Oklahoma became a coordinator, his defense have been trash, every single one of them. So, like, at some point, it's not the talent. It's... It's the guy leading the talent. Yeah, he was at Wazoo from 15 to 17, so he's there for three years and as their D coordinator. Went to Ohio State as a co-D coordinator in 2018. Yeah, that was a weird, like, one-off like, season uh, thing. And it was technically a demotion because he was a co-defensive coordinator. Everybody's like, okay, he just wanted a bigger program. Then he went to Oklahoma. He was there in 19, 20, and 21, yeah. and then followed uh, Lincoln Riley. To your point, though, like, they had talent at Oklahoma. They recruited at a top 10, top 5 level at times, including players on the defensive side of the ball. Those Oklahoma defenses were atrocious, and then he comes to USC for one year, and it's awful again. I think the one, because USC is going to get all the love of all the teams. They're going to yeah. get the most love. I think we know that. Returning Heisman candidate, I get it. Uh, yeah, I understand it. Um, but the one thing that's going to be crucial, it's not just Grinch. Lincoln Riley has to care this year. Enough is enough. You have to care about your defense this year. You cannot continue to only pump out Heisman Trophy winners and act like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. You're that coach. <laughs> you have to be in control of what your defense is doing. I don't, I'm not saying you got to run the X's and O's part. I know you don't know that the way other coaches do. But this whole, like, having a lead offense with zero defense, you will never win. You will never win if you don't care about that side of the football. Georgia just taught us this. Alabama's been teaching this. Ohio State has taught us this. Clemson has taught us this. It's it's kind of the reason I'm a little off. Like, I, I'm a big Lincoln guy. I thought that was huge. And what he does with quarterbacks and offense, I think every year that you go into a season, you got to say, well, who's Lincoln's quarterback? Okay, he's got to be amazing. But the defense is never trustworthy. He has to care this year. Because if he don't win, they don't get to a playoff, you don't win the conference, people are going to just... I sound stupid given what USC just was. People are going to quickly go, oh, okay. Well, Here we go again. Cool offense, bro. Yep. Can you get us any competent defense? He has to care about something that he largely hasn't, and the history would suggest he hasn't. It's time to start caring about defense. Well, and you can make a pretty strong argument, too, that Caleb Williams might be the best quarterback of the bunch of any of these guys that he's had. I would take him. I mean, Baker I, I, was great. Yeah. All the guys have been great. He's had multiple Heisman Trophy winners. I think, in my hum of humble opinion, I think Caleb Williams is the best. He feels different than the others right? in, in, in some ways. And if yeah. you don't capitalize on that, man, like I know they got that top five quarterback coming in, Malachi Nelson, and maybe he's better than Caleb Williams. We'll see. But we just talked about earlier with guys like Heward, not all these five-star kids 
pan out. Spencer Rattler was a five-star kid, and he had to bench him into his second year as a starter. Um, so I, you got to capitalize, man. Caleb Williams is going to be the best player in college football next year. But if their defense can't hold up their end of the bargain, you can't have your offense be perfect every single game. Or like we saw late in the season against Utah, one little knee injury dings him up. He's not quite the same player, and you don't have a defense that can help you out. But Lincoln Riley staying committed. Alex Grinch will return as a defensive coordinator at USC. He said, I've, I've been through it enough with the guy to know you don't bet against him. I know what he's made of. I just do. I know what's getting ready to happen defensively. Uh, also, dear USC and UCLA, your guy left you for Chicago. Kevin Warren's gone. It's not too late to backpedal. Help us make more money. You don't want to go play against Ohio State. You can't even win the Pac-12. I mean, you're not wrong at all. Why would you want to go to the big time? Come on home. I'm so mad. Come on home. This could be such a good conference. It's going to be a great year. Oh, it's going to be. And the back of all of our minds, this is it. One more run. So uh, he (laughs) stays. At least we get him at home. At at least we get him at home one more time. Bring it on, bitches. All right, let's get to, uh, we'll punt the Derek Carr stuff for tomorrow. Let's get to the Blazers, man. There's a lot of angst, a lot of uh, bad energy, bad juju, if you will, around this team. They're taking on the Cavs tonight. What do we make? Cavs, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They're in town. We'll dive into that next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $20. $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of bad energy, fans fighting against fans, jumping in Twitter mentions, argue over stuff. All over Con Morikawa and Justin <laughs> Thomas, huh? I know. Can you believe it? It's crazy. God, I can't wait for that Netflix show. Blazers back in action tonight, and uh, everybody's down right now, man. Everybody's down. The Blazers are not playing good basketball right now. Uh, I don't. You don't need me to tell you that. They have lost... Four games in a row, starting with that three-game road trip. Their last win was that win at home against Detroit, who uh, was uh, not a very good basketball team. They blew that lead at Golden State. So they have lost five out of their last six, and it gets worse the further back on the calendar you go. Their only two wins in their last ten are the Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. I believe their last ten. The Hornets and the Pistons, two very, very bad basketball teams. What is coming to town tonight is not a very bad basketball team, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are one of the better stories in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell's been a great addition. And they are 10 games above 500 coming to town. And boy, oh boy, buddy, does it feel like Portland desperate, desperately need, needs a win tonight. Uh, well, I, 
But yeah, they they're definitely in a position to to get a win. I'm sure the Twitter discourse will be lovely if they lose. Uh, though it should be noted, Cleveland clearly a better team, even despite going through your ups and downs. Cleveland is a better roster right now. Yep. One, I think they're gonna win. You think they're gonna win tonight? Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, because here's the thing: they're shooting about as poorly as you possibly could. At some point, that's going to go back the other way. Jeremy Grant's on like a one of twenty stretch on three from three or something. He's been really bad. Yeah, in their last five games, like I think Dame, Ant, and Jeremy are all sub thirty-two percent. Woof. When you get your three guys shooting like that, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. No. Nope. Um, they may not win tonight, but I think the next three games are going to kind of tell us everything going into the trade deadline. I noted yesterday with a play. Dame's reaction after the loss, and I, <laughs> I wasn't on our show Twitter for a long time yesterday, and I checked it, and it's a lot of responses. Of, uh, he lost. What kind of a, what kind of thing did you expect him to do? And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Being mad after a loss, that's normal. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a normal Dame we lost reaction to me. That was a um, scorched earth, I am super pissed reaction. He should have got passed from Jeremy Grant. He didn't. He was open. He never got a shot off in that final sequence. Nurk did in the corner. And they lost to a team that's worse than them. And so I kind of viewed that as it felt like just a pileup of like, of course we lost our fourth game in a row, and this is going completely the wrong direction. They're out of the play-in. I think their next three are going to tell us everything about them. You're getting close. In, in the NBA, you get dangerously close to me territory. And me territory is not where you want to be. Josh Hart, he's heard the noise. He's not an idiot. He knows. He might be traded in a month. You know, you, you start to get kind of those narratives that exist even when things are going well. They start to rear their ugly heads the closer you get to them. And so now you get Cleveland and then you get Dallas in back-to-back games. Dallas has kind of owned you and Cleveland is clearly a better team than you. How do you respond? You know, you might lose these games, but do you lose them close? Do you play pretty well and you just go, well, Luka's Luka and... Donovan Mitchell with the Twin Towers is hard to beat. You can lose close games. That's okay. But what if you lose tonight? And then what if you lose against Dallas? Do you get your ass kicked in that third game against Dallas? I think the next three games tell us everything going to the deadline. And I think they were pretty close to approaching me territory, where guys start looking out for themselves. And to be honest, it's not somewhere I'm familiar with the Blazers being with Dame. It's just not an area you're used to seeing with Dame. And, but I just think the way the vibes are right now, these next three games, they're going to be a huge indicator. Yeah, the longer a losing streak goes on, you never want to overreact too much to a, a good spell or bad spell in the regular season. But when you can see things slipping away kind of slowly but surely, it's one thing when you're still above 500 and it's like, all right, everybody take a deep breath. You're still above 500. You're still in the play and all that. Like, you're going to be fine. But as they continue to pile up, now you're below 500 and you've got a tough stretch of games coming up and you're staring in the face of – you know, losing, what, 11 out of 12 games, kind of, or 11 out of 13, whatever it would be, depending on how the next week of basketball goes, then it become, then it becomes a reality. Then you're really staring up in the standings, and it's going to be a challenge to climb back into it. You also catch a bit of a break, and now we said this about Orlando. Orlando was playing on the second of a back-to-back. Cleveland was in Utah last night. They were in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. It was the return of Donovan Mitchell, and that's a, I mean, that's a big game for him. He was back. There was a video of him hugging a kid, going into the arena that met him every game, and he signed a jersey for him. He balled out. They lost to the Jazz in a kind of an emotional win for Utah. We've all been there, the return of LaMarcus and all that. 
Uh, but now they're flying from Salt Lake City, playing in elevation last night, to now flying to play. This is another one where you're catching a break. There's not that emotional investment in this game like there was last night for them. So they're kind of coming down from a high. And so you're catching an opportunity here. And I think it would be much needed to just calm everybody down, get a win, get the shots to start falling again. I am fascinated to watch a couple things. One, just what is the bounce-back effort from this team? Because I was not thrilled with the way they opened the game against Orlando. Coming off losing three in a row on the road, it felt like they got out of the gates with lead around their feet, and they just didn't really care, and Orlando jumped out to a big lead. you got to slowly dig your way out of that. that like, that's an indictment, by the way, on coaching. Yeah, let's not do that tonight. How about we don't fall down by 15 points in the second quarter? That would be really cool. And then the other aspect of it is how many minutes can you still, you know, uh, hopefully GP2 is going to play. Uh, how many minutes is he going to play? How do the might ro- not play tonight. Yeah, he's got an ankle injury, I know. Uh, but what are the rotations? What are the minutes? Because mm-hmm. as we talked about a lot yesterday, I do think you're a different team with GP2 on the floor. And I'm just curious to see how those matchups work. And if Dame can play, who fills in in the starting lineup? Indiana, Toronto, Orlando, you know, during this four-game losing streak, it's been frustrating. What you've seen, though, is despite a team not shooting the ball well, it's coming down to the end. And then eventually, like in Toronto, they ended up pulling away and and winning the game comfortably. But, like, in the second half, it's close. You've had chances to win all those games. You've come back from big margins. You've tied the game. You've gotten within two in the game. And then you just give it up again, and the team goes on an extended run. See Orlando, down big, come back, tied at half, go down 15 points to start the third quarter. It's their DNA. And the most consistent thing about them is their consistency in turning the ball over. <laughs> Me and Danny talked about this on the pod last night, and I think it's it's a fair thing to watch tonight. There is a bit of a um, not in-house beef. There's a bit of a, a, a philosophical difference that you're seeing play out on the court between the coach and the players. Dame and Ant and the Blazers are running far fewer pick and rolls than they had with Terry and even the beginning of last year. They've gone away from it. Well, you're talking about going away from what Dame's bread and butter is. He's one of the greatest pick-and-roll players of all time, and you're doing it less. Well, who's having more turnovers this year? Damian Lillard. And so you're seeing you're seeing the philosophical difference of Chauncey wanting to run a different thing than what Dame and the Blazers have been running. And so far, I would say what Chauncey's doing is not working. Right, I think most people are concluding this ain't working. You you got to get back back to your some of your bread and butter. The Nurk Dame pick and roll is highly effective. Do it, run it. If it means less turnovers and more open looks, run it. And so what they do tonight, maybe there is no Dame. Maybe he sits out tonight with an ankle. But I I just think they've been so close, and they're not playing well. That's a good indicator of fight. And you're not seeing them completely give in. That's why the three games for me are huge. What do you do tonight against Cleveland, who's coming on a back-to-back? And what do you, what do you, or no, they had a night off, didn't they? Or was no, that, they played last that night. That was last night. That okay. was last night in Salt Lake City. And then what do you do against Dallas twice, who have kind of bullied you and taken your lunch money? We'll see, man. Need one. Need one tonight. Cleveland in town. Uh, final thoughts on that and the rest of the slate tonight in sports as we close it up next on the floor. Oh, playing hurt through the last segment. I got a bad hamstring cramp. Standing up or stretching out. I hit golf balls yesterday for the first time in a while, and I'm sore as hell, man. I can't wait for you to come in on Monday and critique pro athletes for their performance. <laughs> That's what we do, baby. You physically can't make it through a uh, show without cramping and... These guys are just putting the bodies on the line. I got a Beaver fan all fired up at the text line. What'd you talk, do? I don't know. I guess I, my Bo Nix healthy, not healthy comment well, got them all you, fired up. You did kind of come in and say, <laughs> well, you know, you dub USC Oregon. They're a different tier. Oregon State's kind of that next tier. 
I said offensively, they're a different tier. Well, they got DJ now. We got a five-star quarterback. You I did. Mean, they're still a different tier offensively. Yeah, I know. They are. That's what I'm saying. Oregon, Oregon State, these are different tiers offensively. <laughs> these are the best teams in the conference. Beaver fan needs it. You guys are awesome. No, no, and... no. Stop. Don't do what you're going to do. We're cocky sniffing. We haven't. I'm not saying. No, no, no. We I haven't mean, go cocky ahead. sniff. Cocky sniff all you want. I love cocky sniffing. You're not always the victim. We always are. You're not always the victim. It's always uh, the you world You don't need to us. rant and rave about where you finish in the AP voting. You don't need to rant and rave about every little comment. You're a good program now. You're, you're stepping up to the level of the big boys. You're not a victim all the time. Give us the respect. <laughs> I do. You're a great program. Everybody in society gets hey, to play the victim. let me say this again. You won the Civil War fair and square. Are you happy now? Look, if you can lie about literally everything about your life and still be voted into Congress and then have to face zero consequence and then try to play the victim and it works. <laughs> we can play the victim as fans. You are shaming our team and bringing them down lower than they should be. I love how. Yeah, it just it cracks me up. I love how fired up. fans. Well, get. you wait, you wait till uh, all of these fan bases start like three and oh. Or four and zero. Oh, it's going to be great, schedule. and they all should, depending on the non-conference. Oregon State plays Baylor School for the Blind. Oregon's only game is at Texas Tech. USC plays nobody early. Washington gets Michigan State, but is Michigan State going to be good this year? I mm. Michigan State might hit the portal super hard. Mm. I, I I have no real feel on that. I did DM the quarterback. You did? You sent one to DJ? He followed you on Twitter. Yeah, that was random. I think he did because I asked about his Heisman odds. I mm. think that was the only reason he followed me. Mm. I, I shot him a DM, and I didn't get a response back. Let's get him on the show. Uh, I didn't really ask about that. Okay. The only time I've ever been followed on Twitter by somebody associated with Oregon football, it was Marcus Arroyo, and then he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's because you were critical of him. Well, he sucked ass, man. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, I'm also an idiot. Uh, the Cavs and Jazz game was on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, you – I don't know why. I got confused there. I saw a thing that said it was – yeah, I just – You I and Swag have this <laughs> ability about you that you can correct me of I'm something right, I was you're confident about – because I don't trust myself. And I watched that game because I wanted to see the return. Yeah, it was a big deal. And you saying last night, I'm like, no, in my no. brain, that was two days ago. No. And you just seem so confident in it. And the text police corrected you. Uh, I do have an update out of the National Football League. Uh, so we know there, if the Chiefs and Bills play an AFC championship game, it will be a neutral site game. That's what the NFL, they totally ripped up their rule book and uh, all the precedent that had been set, and they rewrote it in the final week of the season. So that will be a neutral site game if those two teams play in the AFC title game. The game now has a destination, my friends. It will be played in Atlanta. Okay. Well, they were flirting with some cold-weather cities. Which they, they should have, because Buffalo and Kansas City are cold-weather cities. No. Let it be played in cold weather. You know what we're going to get now? I can't wait for the apology tweets to me when those two teams play, even though Cincinnati's going to beat Buffalo if they square off, though, and the and Chargers are going to beat uh, Kansas City. Exactly. Cincinnati and Chargers. <laughs> Burrow versus Herbert. It's a good game. Let's go. Uh, if they are to square off, though, in the AFC Championship game and they play this in Atlanta, mm -hmm. I am fully waiting for all of the apology tweets of people that attacked me for, in my opinion, that good quarterbacks should be playing in warm, controlled climate environments. Nah, it'll be soft. Like domes. And we're going to get a great game. It's going to be like 45 42. And it's going to be one of the greatest games of all time. And everybody's going to go, man, I am glad that wasn't played in 10-degree weather. You know what happened last year when the game was played in 10-degree weather? It was one of the greatest games of all time. And it was like 45-42 to when they scored with 13 seconds left. And it went to overtime. And Josh Allen took like 500 yards and five touchdowns. Imagine if it's 70 degrees <laughs> with no cold weather. Can I give you a hot take, too? Yeah. That stadium sucks. Atlanta? Anti. Anti that stadium. Oh, you were there this year. I was there. I, I watched my Wait, team lose by 46. Suck? 
when I compare it, like I've been to a couple of the other newer domes, uh, Dallas blows it out of the water. It's too dark. Like a lot of the new domes have glass panels and you kind of there's light that comes into it. It doesn't feel like a traditional dome. It was too, it was just too dark. I didn't it didn't blow me away the way the Dallas's did. So the Chargers, they have you seen their stadium? They have open wall. They don't have walls. Yeah, yeah. Rain got in the stadium on Monday night. It might cost them a Super Bowl. Is that not an odd thing to like? I think they thought we're in LA. It's always nice and warm, so let's let air in. But you built a dome. Like, you obviously want no weather impacting anything, so why would you leave your wall in LA? When you need a dome, you all right, well, there you go. Good little show. If you miss any of it, go check the podcast, 1080thefan.com. I love you, Beaver fans. You won the Civil War fair and square. Uh, we got a lot to get to tomorrow. More on Super Wildcard Weekend. Probably going to try and hit the Chargers for the Daily Ticker. So keep an eye out for that. Our final thoughts, our spring and line picks, all of that is a football Friday weekend outweigh. That will do it for us here on a Thursday. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. Listen to 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.